Hey folks, Ed Szeski here. I'm the author of Reconnect, Spiritual Restoration from Digital Distraction. And this is another solo episode. I have a bunch of uh, new episodes with guests coming up really soon, but we are on the other side of the election, uh, the American election, November 2020. And I wanted to address a few of the things I hear, I have seen people talking about and I thought it'd just be worth exploring a little bit, just our, our soul searching after this election, uh, from, from what I've seen just, you know, in my own network, my own, my own corners of the internet, I've seen a lot of people asking, you know, how did we end up here with this division in our country? Uh, especially people who are really distressed about the fact that we have this, you know, raging pandemic that by, you know, all objective measures has been mismanaged by the current administration. And there have been, you know, racial tensions in our country that by objective measures, this administration has, again, like mismanaged or even um, aggravated. And so uh, how are we, you know, roughly like half of the country, how's roughly half of the country okay with uh, this failure to manage this pandemic? that could have been so less fatal. Um, how, how was this, how was half of the country okay with the, the failure to take account of our, our racial injustice and our other problems with, you know, xenophobia, fear of, fear of foreigners and the mistreatment of children. I mean, we could, we could go on and on, but there's generally just a, a lot of soul searching about like, what is this? election mean for, you know, our nation and, you know, especially because so many Christians uh, voted for uh, this man uh, who would, who has just failed in so many ways that have led, has led to so much loss of life. And yeah, it's a lot. And I don't think I have the answer. I don't think that I have any any particular uh, insight that will solve things. But I do think that there are, you know, two things to consider to keep in mind that might help us in the days to come as we as we ask the questions. So these aren't necessarily the answers, but these could be uh, some guideposts to help us as we sort through this soul searching process. Because I think if we get combative or angry, um, that can that can kind of lead us down the wrong roads and, and not to say that we shouldn't be angry about these things, but if those things become our ends, they kind of become what drives us, uh, you know, that, that could become almost a, an obstacle to overcome rather than a, uh, a helpful tool. And two of the things from, from contemplative practice that I've been thinking about have been, uh, compassion and truth. And so, you know, just for example, you know, in Flea, Be Silent, Pray, my book, Flea, Be Silent, Pray, I write about how a lot of people just struggle to pray in the first place because they don't believe God is kind and compassionate and willing to hear them, to be present for them in prayer. So that's a, that's a truth problem, right? It's, it's a misconception of God. But um, we can also have, you know, a compassion problem, the failure to uh, be present for other people to be aware of of their needs, and I think that you know contemplative prayer can help us 
uh, overcome the noise in our own minds and the fears and anxieties that uh, clog, you know, our ability to, you know, see and perceive others that were kind of blocked by our own anxieties and fears, which I think is a huge issue right now. And so I think that if we can, you know, kind of work on juggling compassion and truth right now, it might give us a, a helpful way forward. So, you know, just, just an example from my own, my own life going to therapy, you know, a typical session is, you know, my therapist will ask me like how everything's going and I'll, I'll tell her what I'm worried about. Right. Like that's kind of, I'm kind of unloading the stuff that I'm struggling with. And, and sometimes, you know, it's stuff that isn't necessarily based in reality. It's, it's a, an overreaction to something. It's a misconception. And so it's not going to be a very effective session if she gives me lots of empathy, like, oh, it's really, yeah, it's really, I'm really, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And, you know, let's work on coping with that. And, you know, if she just gives me, you know, empathy and compassion, that's great. But she also needs to give me some truth and to say, you know what, like, let's think about that situation that you're worried about. Let's, let's, you know, what, what actually do you think will happen? And, and so, you know, she, she guides me down a path toward truth and that's, that's a way to handle it. So she doesn't do it from a position of, you know, you idiot, you fool, uh, you know, she is helping me, uh, sort through what my sources of anxiety are. And it's not always pleasant. Like it's, it requires humility. And then, you know, if, if we apply something like that to politics today, um, so much of our identity gets wrapped up into parties and, you know, it's, we start to think about, you know, you know, the way people talk, it's that they, they could never imagine voting for the other party because it's just unthinkable. It's an identity issue almost. And so, you know, we can see that this is, uh, there's a lot at stake. There's, you know, a lot of our identity gets wrapped up in this and that's, that's just a hard place to be to talk about, you know, compassion and, and truth. And, you know, so thinking back to my college days when I was, you know, quite, quite conservative, quite enamored with the Republican party. Uh, I had a friend named uh, Hannah, I'm changing her name, obviously, for privacy. And uh, she was part of my group of friends. You know, Hannah's one of the, the smartest people I know. And she was kind of that friend who would set, set me straight, if I was acting like an idiot, which was often, unfortunately, when I was in college. Um, but you know, I trusted her to tell me the truth with compassion and she did it so well. And she was so, uh, well-informed about things that, you know, she could, um, you know, she just, she had a curious mind and learned about people and she had the compassion to, you know, share the truth well. And, you know, years later, uh, when I would you know say that we were both uh, voting for Democrats by that point in our lives, we had kind of a college friend get together and, uh, someone in our group had married a guy named, uh, Sean, another name changed. And, you know, Sean had grown up as a very, very strong, you know, conservative Republican. And as we talked about, I believe we were talking about the, uh, affordable care act, you know, and the need for that. And, Sean couldn't even talk about the actual legislation 
uh, Sean couldn't get over the fact that we were Democrats. It was, it, you know, and I remember the conversation where, you know, Hannah very patiently and very compassionately and I talked to him about, you know, her, her views and, and what she had studied and learned about and, you know, kind of gave a very reasoned approach. And, you know, for Sean, he couldn't even hear it. You know, you could see it on his face. There was just that like slack jaw. He's like, but you're Democrats, but you're, how could you? And, you know, I think back about my time as a, as a conservative listening to Rush Limbaugh and, and conservative Christian radio, you know, there was that perspective of, you know, Democrats are bad, right? We couldn't get over that. And I, and I know that, you know, this is something that can get, you know, just to not to go fully on, you know, both sides of them, but, you know, we can, we can say that, like we can kind of almost, you know, dehumanize one another, say that both sides are bad. Um, but I remember feeling that way too. And I, you know, and so, uh, I remember having, you know, compassion on Sean thinking like, man, like he's, he's right where I was. He couldn't, he couldn't believe it. And I think that's kind of, you know, where a lot of people still are today, that there are a lot of people who just have, you know, absorbed that message of Democrats are bad. Democrats are going to do bad things. And it's hard to hear, like, wait a second, they want to pass healthcare that's going to help help your medicine cost less. And they're going to pass, they want to pass healthcare that's going to um, give more people access and it's going to prevent insurers from denying you care for your pre-existing condition. And there is a an information environment right now in America that has basically created this mindset of for a lot of people that you know no Democrats are just bad. And so they can't even hear that. So uh, when we try to talk about racial justice or affordable, you know, health insurance, they can't even get there. And even if they, they do get there, um, there's been a suspicion, you know, created over the years of uh, socialism that it's going to, you know, the slippery slope from one, it's going to lead from one thing to another. And it's, it's not going to stop there. It's not going to, it's not going to benefit you in the end. So you know, there's a lot of suspicion and fear and it's, it's accumulated over years. And that's only been, you know, um, sent into overdrive with social media. That's been, you know, kind of creating these echo chambers based on algorithms. And, you know, if there's one thing I wish I could change about reconnect, I wish I could have almost put more information there about just what we're accessing on social media, because it's not just the design that's bad, but it's what people put on there and how it gets, you know, to create these echo chambers where it's like, okay, you like, you like right-wing media you like left-wing media. Let's give you more of that. Right. You know, this, this gets you agitated. This gets you angry. This is something you want to share. Okay. Let's give you more stuff like that, that you can share it. So anyway, it's, it's a lot and it's a little depressing, but I think if we're going to have productive conversations and, and talk about this stuff, we need to talk about how we can move forward with compassion and truth to, to speak the truth, right? Like, like a good therapist would not say like, yeah, at all of your, like knowing, like knowing that she's lying to me to saying like, yeah, at all of your fears are totally, you know, grounded in reality, you know, good luck, bud. Um, you know, we need, <laughs> we need people to speak truth to us. We need people to, to tell us. And, and so, you know, it's not easy 
to talk about this stuff right now, like, right, like to, to talk about the fact that we have a right wing media environment that is deliberately misleading people. <clears throat> that is a fact. And it's not an easy thing to talk about. And it brings me no joy to talk about it. It brings me no joy to talk about the fact that I was definitely immersed in that. And it took friends like my friend Hannah to, you know, compassionately talk to me about that and about, you know, when I shared with her some of my, uh, you know, some of what I've heard of Rush Limbaugh and I was like, haha, they're making fun of all these, you know, dumb liberals basically, you know, she was like, well, is that, is that, you know, the mind of Christ? Is that, is that, you know, a compassionate and kind way to talk about your neighbors? And to me, it was like, well, these are the, these are the bad guys. These are, you know, he's, he's just making fun of our enemies. Um, you know, completely, I was completely lost. I've lost the point that, yeah, these, even if I thought these people were my enemies or my opponents, um, yeah, that doesn't nullify American politics. Don't nullify the command to love my neighbors, to love my enemies. And so <clears throat> when I look at my own journey, it was friends <clears throat> like Hannah who could give me truth and compassion, who could speak to me in my moment of, of error and <clears throat> help me, you know, examine my thoughts, examine the impact, examine the place that they were leading me to. And so, you know, we have to untangle the roles of, you know, the culture wars. I think there's a lot of fear of you know, Christianity being outlawed or Christians or the Bible being outlawed. And it's those, those fears are so enormous that a lot of Christians can't even begin to think about racial issues. And so it isn't just that we aren't dealing with uh, racism in our country. Um, it's that we can't even, we, so many people don't even have the headspace to, to comprehend the enormity of it. Uh, because they're so afraid of so many other things. And so, um, and obviously there are people who are motivated to vote for Trump by, by racism. And, and that's, that's definitely the case, but we have multiple avenues, um, to discuss in this, you know, any, any simplistic explanation of what's going on, at least based on my experience, knowing a lot of conservatives growing up in a conservative family, um, there's just you know, a mindset and identity that's been created over the years. And so it's hard to, <clears throat> it's hard to leave that. So I, I hope in the, in the days and weeks to come, as we discuss this election, as we do the soul searching of the selection, I hope that we can work together to move toward truth, to share it compassionately, to not share it with, with anger or delight in the humiliation of others. Uh, but we need to talk about you know, the, the information ecosystem, especially right-wing media, especially the roles of social media in dividing us and in even deceiving us, misleading us and in, in stoking our angers and fears. And, and these are real challenges that we're going to face in the, in the years to come. And I, you know, I'm going to still be here. I'm going to be interviewing folks talking about soul care. You know, we, we need soul care to continue to uh, cultivate the compassion we need to do this work. It's not an either or. It's not soul care, um, and then we we leave justice, you know, by the wayside. I mean, uh, the the psalms that we meditate on each day. I mean, they have so many verses about about justice and and God's concern for the poor. That 
you know, as we care for our souls, we also have to ask how we can advocate for those who are in need right now. And so that's, that's where we're going to be. We're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep doing compassion and truth together uh, here in this podcast and on the, on the social media networks, you know, in a limited way. And uh, we'll keep, we'll keep speaking truth and compassion together. Thanks so much for dropping by.